used to be. Hello and welcome along to another episode of the Mild Mannered Army podcast with me, Mild Mannered Max, although we all know that's not my real name. And on this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Jill Adam from the Louder Than Words Festival. Uh, Jill is the creator and indeed curator of that music literature festival, which will take place this year in November across the weekend of the 8th, 9th and 10th at the Principal Hotel in Manchester. And what a weekend that promises to be. Uh, Alongside uh, John Robb and Dr Simon Morrison, as well as Emily Marsden, they have brought together an incredible lineup of uh, writers and creatives to talk music and literature. And uh, I'm going to be going down, and I thought it'd be a nice thing to speak to Jill about the festival and uh, maybe get her to answer a couple of questions uh, that I have regarding the lineup. So, good evening, Jill. Uh, hi there, Paul. Mild mannered Max, as you would like to be called. Yeah, hi. It's <laughs> great to be with you. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, Paul's fine. Everybody knows. Uh, I, I don't like the veil of anonymity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it may be a, a nice idea, Jill. Could you maybe say something about what the Louder Than Words Festival is and why the Louder Than Words Festival yeah, is? Sure. Um, the Louder Than Words Festival, it's it's um, a weekend where people who are interested in music and people who, people's lives in music get together and we come and hear the stories from those who are either writing them or being written about or have careers associated with, with words and music. And we get up really close. We're in, a, in an intimate setting at the principal hotel in manchester we use a variety of rooms and event spaces but we're all under one roof and if you're from the north of england like uh, i am you'll know that the weather is a little bit unpredictable this time of year (laughs) and it means that everything goes ahead regardless of what's happening outside and um we were interested as a team we were interested in seeing that rise in literary festivals and the opportunity it gave for people to get close up to the people who are writing those books or working in journalism, etc. And we just didn't see one that was there for the music industries. So uh, in 2013, myself and John got together and uh, we put one together. It was a great success and we've just grown year on year on year until here we are in 2019 with the festival just two weeks away. Yeah, I think you're right. Jill, there, there really isn't anything else quite like Louder Than Words. I mean, I'm based uh, here in Edinburgh in Scotland, and we, of course, have a, a very well-known and very highly regarded book festival here. And yeah. every year I scour the lineup, and every year there's one or two guests who've got a connection to music. You know, I've seen people like Brett Anderson there. I've seen sure. Stuart Cosgrove talking about his books on Northern oh, Soul. Great writer. great writer and just a great guy as well. Um, it's just a shame about his football team. But, <laughs> you know, okay, we, but there isn't anything where you get the kind of volume of music literature that Louder Than Words is offering. Um, and the lineup <laughs> this year is incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, and, and that's precisely what it is, because, you know, we can see that there are... Uh, You can go to a a literary tent at a music festival or you can go to a music event like you've just described at a literary festival. But we just didn't see that there was anything that was dedicated for a period of time for us. It just happens to be that we do it at a weekend. 
And, um, you know, we just didn't see that there was anything there for that period of time where you could have that intensity and that variety over a period of time. Well, the, the variety is a really interesting aspect of, of things for me, Jill. So I wonder if we could turn our attention now. What I've done yeah. is I've put together my proposed uh, schedule for the three days. Okay. But the problem is that... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. The problem is that on Saturday and Sunday in particular, yeah. I cannot decide. <laughs> so you are going to have to help me make a decision here. And I know you won't be able to do that really because you couldn't possibly show any favouritism. But it <laughs> might be fun for us to discuss the variety of events that are taking yeah. place. So we, we kick off on uh, Friday night uh, at yep. the Principal Hotel in Manchester at 7.30 with an event that is going to be really uh, special for me uh, because I'm a huge admirer and fan of uh, this particular artist and that's Edwin Collins who's going to be joined by his partner Grace Maxwell. conversation but also some little acoustic numbers as well absolutely uh, absolutely i mean that's a really good example to start with in terms of our festival title as well that you know we talk about that that fusion or that relationship uh, between books and music and yes you know edwin has written and yes he's also had the film you know the possibilities are endless but right. he's a really good example of where actually his story is both fascinating, um, you know, uh, genuinely humbling, informative, um, and he and Grace, you know, all round fantastically nice people. And you put that together, and it's a really good example of where we get louder than words, not just louder than books or not just louder than journalism. It's louder than words associated with the music industries. Um, but yeah, wow, what a, what an opening event for us um, this year. A really special, um, a great guest. Uh, Grace um, and Edwin joining us and then Edwin uh, is going to be joined by a guitarist and treat us to some acoustic numbers as well. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the interesting thing about Edwin Collins for me in this particular event is that no doubt we'll hear a little bit about that life story. Yeah. But even if you take out that big event, you know, that terrible uh, sure incident that he had if you take that out jill it's still an incredible life story i mean the, the the guy is a hugely influential figure in the development of british pop british indie and the idea i guess of a kind of kind of white boy soul that kind of infused certain aspects of, of british music in the early part of the 80s he's he's a real originator absolutely and you know and continues to be so a recently released album um 
writing prolifically, back up there in his own studio, associated with other friends of ours, with with film, with uh, with with, with um, you know Carl from the farm, etc. And it's right. just a, a wonderful eclectic mix to discuss and explore. Um, I can't wait. And the idea that that's going to be in quite such an intimate space as well. Yeah. I think it will be. I mean, at the risk of being you know a bit heavy-handed i think it might be emotional oh uh, without a doubt i don't think you're being heavy-handed at all i don't think it's you know i don't i don't think it's um something that we uh, are embarrassed to talk about it it's 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 something that we quite deliberately format for louder so our you know our largest space over the weekend seats in the region of 130 people now, OK, you can go and see Edwin and you could go or, or, or many other of our uh, of our contributors. You can go and see them perform and be one of thousands or thousands. But to have that closeness and, you know, although we have fantastic tech support, you know, we work with Blacker, who are our tech partners. Um, actually, what we could do is just sit in the room and you could hear people talking as you and I are doing uh, yeah. without microphones because it's that close up and that intimate and that's very special for people um, and it's very different to going to a gig uh, you know we get treated to acoustic numbers in the example of Edwin but it's but to have the opportunity to listen and to hear in that proximity and then also of course to be able to ask your own questions and to uh, and, and to relate uh you know maybe something that's been burning on the edge of your tongue for for years or maybe something that you've heard in the conversation and you, you're motivated to ask and then the other thing just to mention is that every single one of our contributors after their session has a meet and greet if there's a book there's a book signing opportunity uh, Blackwells, we have a book bookshop partner and the books are for, for sale. Um, there's merchandise often for sale as well. So it's a really nice, intimate way of uh, of, of mixing with people and, and like-minded souls over the weekend. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. And then immediately following Edwin and Grace, there's another iconic figure in the history of <laughs> British rock and yeah. roll, um, Joe Wood, who of course yeah. is intimately in all sorts of ways involved in the story of the Rolling Stones, yeah. and she's going to be there. She's got a collection of unseen photographs and various treasures from the her time around the Rolling Stones, and she's also going to be in conversation. And that's right. That's that's going to be. I mean, that that'll be a real treat. I mean, she's she's a bona fide character right i mean she's writ large in the history of british rock and roll joe wood and, and and a great personality as well in her own right that's right i mean uh, gosh you know um she has insights that are literally priceless uh and it's exciting i think to have these unseen photographs but most importantly with a with a guest like joe not only do we get to see those photographs, not only do we get the chance to take that book away and treasure it for, for, for looking at it in the future, but also, you know, you get, you get the opportunity to hear those stories around those photographs and ask a little bit more, you know, uh, probe in there and, and, and uh, just hear, hear those anecdotes and those, um, those life changing experiences that that joe and uh, uh, uh you know and, and that stone's entourage and the band themselves had together all around the world i mean just fantastic uh so yeah another great uh event for our opening night and 
I think the other thing to say is, you know, we, we, we mentioned at the beginning that variety in there, um, you know, Edwin Collins in terms of music genres, very, very different to the Rolling Stones. And we love Absolutely. that juxtaposition and, and getting people who actually are just genuinely interested in music. And, uh, you know, we're not a folk festival. We're not a punk festival. We're not a hard rock festival. We're just an eclectic mix of people who are interested in the stories around those music industries and those lives in music. Well, that that is highlighted beautifully, Jill, on Saturday. So Saturday can be split up into kind of three separate chunks. There's sort of morning, afternoon and evening. And in the morning, you can listen to uh, Chris Salovitz, who's written this new definitive biography on Jimmy Page. Yeah, I love now, whether you are, you know, particularly interested in Led Zeppelin's music or not is kind of beside the point here, right? These, <laughs> you know, J- Jimmy Page is, <laughs> well, I mean, where do you begin with Jimmy Page? I mean, we can go through, you know, the, the influence of Led Zeppelin or, you know, those dabblings with the occult and all sure. that kind of thing. And then, Coinciding with that, we also have um, this book that's been written about Dusty Springfield, another book that's yeah. been, you know, billed as really the definitive biography. Um, and, you know, that's a completely different genre of music. She's arguably the greatest, well, I mean, one of the greatest soul singers, definitely the greatest white soul singer, I guess, if we have to put people yeah. in these boxes. And then we've also got, a wonderful event that I'm really interested in about Jack Kerouac's influence on popular music. kind of iconic figure of the beat generation i mean where else in britain on that saturday could you go and be faced with that kind of choice that's a great way to start start a saturday isn't it and uh you know we understand people have a dilemma of choice there of what to go to Uh, you know we try and program so that we've got contrasting events um for for each of the different hour slots that we have over the over the weekend um but also it, it gives the way that we program it in that way. And those three are uh, fine examples. It just gives people also the chance to think, wow, I don't know anything about that. Or I've never been into that genre of music. Or, do you know, I've heard of that guy, but I really don't know much about him. I'm intrigued by all this reputational stuff. I'm going to go and see one of the best writers of biographies talk about that. Um or I'm going to look at a historical era and uh, you know look at the, look at the writing and the uh, and the beat poets and the and the impact that they have. There's a whole you know there's, it, it's multifaceted, multi-layered, and you can come at it from many different angles. 
But I would say across all of those um, those three events that you've highlighted there, you know, it's real top quality stuff. Great authors, my word, you know, you've got there Chris Salwich, of you you just mentioned, uh, Lucy O'Brien and Simon Warner. And, you know, their hosts are top quality. But, you know, between Chris, Lucy and uh, Simon, you also have that breadth of people who have uh, lived, lived, you know, rock and roll lives themselves. Yeah. Have been writers themselves for a long time who have been journalists and indeed have had academic careers made out of music writing. So, again, you're not, you, you know, it, it's an unrestricted, you know, set of people who come as these experts and the, the, these knowledge banks from, uh, you know, from different angles about what they're writing. It, it's really exciting. It really is. I, I think I'm probably going to end up plumping on Saturday morning <laughs> for the Kerouac on record, Simon Warner and, and Heath Common. For exactly the thing that you've just said, Jill, about not really knowing an awful lot about that and the idea of hearing something that I don't know a lot about and maybe being exposed to something new and maybe shifting my perspective on something is the kind of thing that really doesn't happen at a music festival in the same way that it it could happen at something like Louder Than Words. So I'm going to plump for Kerouac on on record. Oh, a fine choice, I'm sure, a fine choice. I'll just add, if I may, to that, you know, when we were very first planning this back in, uh, as in the, the festival, not this, this year's uh-huh. festival, back in 2012-13, um, one great consensus that we were determined uh, to have, you know, in the back of our minds when we were programming and putting the different festivals together, is that we really loved the idea that people would come, people would, you know, have a great time, obviously. Uh, but also leave the event knowing something that they didn't know when they first came to the festival, when they arrived. And, um, you know, in this age of Googling and, and searching online, we really want people to be able to come. And we, we you know, we, we like the phrase, gazump that Google, you know, gazump the Google. <laughs> and, uh, you know, come and, and hear it from the people who were there or the people who are, actually have that bank of knowledge. And But most importantly, you know, leave knowing something that you didn't know when you arrived. So it might well be that, you know, you leave and you think, well, do you know what? I'm not that interested in the beat generation that I thought I might be. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I should have plumped for Dusty Springfield. But, you know, uh, so, so that, that, you know, that's a really important element to, to the festival sessions. Yeah, I, I think so. And it's, you know, when you talk about, you know, being exposed to things that maybe you, you wouldn't have been exposed to before, that also is writ large for me in the early part of Saturday afternoon when you have, um, I mean, how, how do you describe Jordan? The, the iconic figure oh, yeah. of Jordan and Cathy Unsworth, who'll be there uh, talking about their lives and their impact on British popular culture, I guess, hosted yeah. by by John Robb. And what John doesn't know about British popular culture, I guess, isn't really worth knowing about. Sure. Then there's an event um, looking at kind of sleeve design from Buzzcocks to the Bow- to Bowie with uh, Garrett and Barnbrook, which yeah. is right up my street. I've got a real thing about graphic design and particularly graphic design and pop music. But then you've got Matt Everett, you know, erstwhile menswear uh, man, and uh, has written this incredible book or gathered this collection of stories together for his book. Uh, do you remember the first time where he, he yeah. kind of takes these iconic figures again 
and charts their life through first times. Yeah, I mean, lovely idea. Well, I think that will be really, really interesting. It's tricky for me because the focus of a lot of what I write about is kind of British pop culture in the 90s. Not exclusively, but but mainly we, we focus on that. Yeah. But, you know, I, my, my head is turned by the prospect of sitting in a room with John Robb, Jordan and Cathy <laughs> Unsworth. Yeah, what a story that is. I mean, Defying Gravity, beautiful book. Um, Jordan and Kathy, you know, and John, I'm privileged that, that, that they're, they're great friends too. Top, top quality. But my word, what a, what a story. Jordan, the shop assistant, was a living advertisement for the power of sex. She wore rubber clothes, a beehive and theatrical makeup. On her daily commute from Sussex, British Rail even put Jordan in first class for her own protection. They let me travel first class with my second class ticket every day from Lewis to Seaford because of the trouble they knew I was having. So they were really sweet about that. I used to love PVC and um, what they used to call in my era, wet look. <laughs> to wear a little wet look Mac with gloves that matched. Oh, it was wonderful. What was it about sex that attracted you? I was doing a similar thing on my own to what Vivian and Malcolm were actually aiming for. We were on a sort of parallel course in a way. And, you know, we've mentioned before when we've been chatting, you know, here we are doing this online. We can Google, we can get facts, etc. You know, when when Jordan was uh, first working, you know, initially in Harrods uh, uh, before she moved down to uh, (laughs) King's Road, Wow, you know, the world was very different, and my word, did she look very different? And, yeah. and I, you know, it's easy to forget how shocking, uh, in all the positive ways, you could you could be, and she was. Um, you know, I, I, people were taking a, a step back, and uh, there's some great anecdotes which I don't want to, you know, spoil of of, uh, of her journeys from home to getting into London on, on that on that railway etc and um, here, here we are you know however many years later uh, 50 years later and my word she's still absolutely at the cutting edge of of music um, life uh, engagement um, uh, subculture just fantastic really artic great story um great parallel stories if i may you know of, of working as a veterinary nurse and so on and so forth uh, and then of course the wonderful wonderful writer kathy unsworth um who people will know predominantly i'm you know i'm sure through her crime writing uh but there's a huge uh, friendship between the two of them, and that that really leaps out through the pages of that book. It's 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 a it's a great session in store for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that actually. Um, and then there's something happening early afternoon again, Jill, that you're going to be hosting this, and this is this event Firewall. Oh yeah. Which well, why don't you describe that for us? Because it's it's really intriguing again. Yeah. Um, I, you know that relationship between words and music is is the underpinning of the of the festival. But you know the other dimension of that, of course, is art and the visuals because you know, music, gigs, etc., are very visual. And we're, we're interested in that relationship between art, uh, music, words, 
literature. And we were privileged a few years ago to have Chris Gollan, the artist who came to Louder uh, with Eleanor McAvoy. And there was a great uh, event there where Eleanor had seen one of Chris's paintings and uh, was motivated to uh, write music, write songs. And Chris was uh, motivated to uh, paint more as a result of that. And there was a a great collaboration. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for the ticket holders of that event. But a a further collaboration, and and Chris Gollan, who's sadly no longer with us, very, very sadly no longer with us, um, but Chris has worked with all sorts of uh, great names in music industry, you know, Eleanor, obviously, Yoko Ono System, more amongst others, and um, was really interested in that relationship between music and art. And just very recently, uh, in fact, it's only it's only out in in uh, at the end of this month and and for louder uh, has done a film collaboration with Sleaford Mods using their track Firewall. exploring in that session that relationship between art music design words literature and uh, David Tregunner from uh, IAP Art Chris's um, colleague will be with us and uh, also the director uh, of the film so it'll be really interesting to to do to, to host that session and a great privilege and again a really good example of how friendships come out of this festival so Chris and David came. We've become great friends. They're coming back again um, with something very, very different, but still completely aligned to the theme of the festival. Well, the, the, I mean, that just sounds astonishing, to be perfectly honest with you, Joe. But the, the, the problem is that coincides with uh, an event which is going to be focusing on the 90s. And yeah. I mean, the lineup for that event is just, I mean, it's mind blowing for anybody who's got any interest at all in yes, what was going on in British... Well, you've got Daniel Rachel, uh, who's just written a fantastic book, uh, Don't Look Back in Anger, which is kind of the please kill me of the Britpop slash cool Britannia generation. Yes. Phil Savage, who of course is an iconic figure in of his own right with his uh, memoir, effectively, Lunch with the Wild Frontiers. And then John, again, is there with his book, The 90s. And again, you know, John... I mean, John really is the go-to man for anything to do with British subculture. And all three of them in a room with Steve Lamarck talking about the highs and lows of arguably one of the most creative periods in British pop music history.
context of this festival as well, each with terrific tomes uh, released to accompany those discussions. I mean, John's book uh, of the 90s uh, now joined in force with, as you say, Phil's uh, Kings of the World Frontiers and uh, Daniel's wonderful book, Don't Look Back in Anger. Um, what, what a cultural historian Daniel is, you know, I mean, he's we've been privileged to have him at the festival for a, a number of years and it's just great to have him back. But it's also, you know, significant that we've got such quality to discuss such a quality time in, in British music and the, the, the legacy that that has. And I think, you know, you, you look at some of the, the releases that are out this year, 2019, you know, you look at what the Gallagher brothers are doing, etc., and again, you know, 1990s, 2000, 2010, 2000, gosh, here we are three decades later and it's still impactful. And it's, it, you know, we're really looking forward to that event too. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be really exciting. And then, of course, Steve Lamarck is there later on in the day himself talking about his yeah. book, Going Deaf for a Living, uh, yes. which is another really, really great yeah. book. Um, yeah. And then there's something right at the end of the day that I'm really interested in as, as well, Jill, and that is... Running throughout the day is this um, exhibition, exhibition of polystyrene's life and times. Um, mm. And then later on at night, we have Dayglow, which is the polystyrene story with Zoe Howe and, of course, yes. Celeste Bell. Do you want to maybe say something about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, Dayglow is a, is a beautiful, big coffee table book put together by uh, Zoe Howe and Celeste Bell. Celeste being the daughter of Polly Styrene of X-ray right. specs. Um, I mean, Polly's story and and you know by default of that Celeste story of growing up as a young girl um, in very well, how would you describe it? You know, very sort of off-center experiences compared to what many people, you know, context that many people grow up in, and it's been beautifully captured in this book, Dayglow which also looks at the impact, the legacy of, of uh, polystyrene in, uh, in popular culture. And uh, that's going to be a, a lovely discussion about the life of Polly. And, and again, you know, we, we mentioned about Jordan beforehand, but, you know, Polly was uh, such a distinctive uh, individual. Her music was in, it's so distinctive. And, you know, ironically, quite a, a, a hesitant, reticent character about right, that yeah. as well. Um, so fascinating to hear it catalogued in, in such a way and in such quality by by Zoe and, of course, by Celeste, who has an insight that nobody else possibly can have. And Celeste, during the day of Saturday, has also uh, kindly offered to bring up some of the artefacts and memorabilia of her mother's and to put a, 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 a an exhibition together for us. So that will be open all day so that people can go and see the, those artifacts and, and, and memorabilia. It includes lyrics and pictures and, and sentimental pieces from Polly's life that, that, that Polly wrote or owned or, or were contributed to by, by family. It'll be fascinating. And um, Celeste will talk at that exhibition at midday and at three o'clock before then doing her own session, the Dayglow session with Zoe, and then there'll be the book signing and there'll be some opportunity to buy some merchandise as well. Well, you know, I, I think that's a really wonderful opportunity, Jill. You know, that I think Polly, as you say, is a 
pivotal figure in so many things, a pivotal figure in punk. But then when you yeah. think about some of these bands that came later on, particularly some of these American Riot Girl bands like Bikini Kill, you know, you, you wonder yeah. where these people would have been without somebody like Polly, you know, blazing a trail. You know, some people say little girls should be seen and not heard. And I say, <laughs> oh, bondage up yours. Yeah. I mean, that was that, <laughs> such, I mean, that, that really is the Riot Girl <laughs> manifesto, isn't it? It's the yeah, Riot Girl manifesto writ large. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, we we had um, Viv Albertine at the uh, of the Slips, you know, oh, the a few years ago, and in that conversation, you know, Viv was talking about there were, you know, when when Slips were coming to the fore again, a great book by the way, written by of, of the Slips by Zoe Howe, coincidentally, um, but um, Viv uh, was talking uh, about the 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 fact that there were no female role models really and the time that they spent just wondering how you stand with a guitar or how you present yourself on station you know polly was um such a a presence on stage um and so distinctive and lyrically so distinctive and and, and so beautifully sort of captured those that that, that angst and and not anger in, in in the way that we might define that, but but you know the angst and frustration of you know as you say some say that little girls should be seen and not heard. I say oi bondage up yours. You know I mean it, gosh, you don't have to be uh, Einstein to work out what's been said there, do you? Little girls should be seen and not heard. Oi Well, it's 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 interesting how that ties in with one of the events early on Sunday morning, right? We have um, a discussion about the the current state of the music industry for women. Um, so we have this event called A Seat at the Table, Women yeah. on the, the, the Front Line, with Amy Raphael and Lucy O'Brien there again. And again, you know, there's a feeling maybe, I, I can see a kind of line of progression here, right? You have kind of Polly and Jordan in the 70s, breaking all sorts of barriers, kicking yeah. over all sorts of doors, along with people like Viv, of course. And then you have the, everything just reverts back to normal. <laughs> and then you have the Riot Girl thing. Yeah. You've got people like Kim Gordon, of course, from Sonic Youth, and Courtney Love, and Bjork, and maybe Kirsten Hirsch when she was in the Throwing Muses. Yeah. Again, trying to kick over those barriers. You've got bands like Huggy Bear um, and the Voodoo Queens here in Britain at that point. And mm. now here we are in the Me Too moment, and how much has really changed. And so I think that's going to be a really fascinating conversation on Sunday morning. It'll be a really fascinating conversation. And I, and I think as well, um, what's what's special and particular about Amy's uh, writing is that it, it also embraces people in uh, paraprofessional uh, roles associated with the music industry. Mm. So it isn't just those, you know, stood behind a mic or stood behind a guitar or whatever on stage. It's also those uh, experiences of uh, 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 of women in those um, 
other professional roles within the music industries and you know no greater host than Lucy for that either you know having been in a band been a journalist been an academic been an author and so on and so forth so really informed discussion uh really informed debate and you know we ask people to come along and, and indulge in these conversations uh, we don't want people to be just sat in rows listening and being spoken to this is a real good chance of uh, of an event to get get involved and get heavy with it and, and challenging and and informed fantastic and then there's two more events if you've got time jill yeah, i'd like sure. to speak to you about on sunday so the, the first of these is um, a return to the stage for uh, Daniel Rachel, uh, who, of course, co-wrote with the dearly uh, missed yeah. and uh, much loved uh, Rankin Roger from the beat, um, this wonderful uh, biography of, of uh, Roger. And Daniel's going to be joined by his son, uh, Roger Jr., um, yep. in an event that's going to be hosted by Rhoda Dakar, who's another one of these iconic <laughs> You know, groundbreaking figures. I mean, I've I've been flirting around the edges of the skinhead scene for a long time, um, obsessed with two tone, obsessed with you know kind of mod culture and soul music and ska. And yeah. so, the idea that I'm going to be in a room where Rhoda Dakar is, I, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I, I'm going to be a fat-tongued adolescent within about 15 <laughs> minutes. And so that that I think will be really lovely because you know the, the thing about Roger, I think, was that I mean he's very similar to some of these other people spoken about you know these were people who cherished being true to themselves above everything else you know uh, Polly. Yeah, that, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there um you know they, they were innovators they were innovative they were distinctive and uh, you know and they 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 created you know i will say they created mass movements of influence yeah. uh at a time when it was not as easy to do that as it is today uh, in terms of communications, etc. I mean, there is a you know a counter argument that, that the saturation and dilution and so on and so forth. But when you look at the legacy of um, somebody like Ranking Roger and Rhoda Dacca herself, I mean, fantastic tour at the moment with Pauline Black and Gaps. Uh, that's uh, right. Selector. For the Selector 40th anniversary, oh, that's right. Just, you know, and the, the gigs still being so well received. And I have to say as well, you know, it, politically at the moment, what an important time and what, what a pertinent time to go back and visit some of those uh, underpinning drivers and reasons behind two-tone and behind that movement. Um, blimey, here we are today in 2019, and you know how sad that we're still having to face so many of those issues. Is everybody all right? Let me say all right. All right. This next one's called Ranking Full Stop.
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, Jill. Here, here comes something deeply personal for me, um, which is there's an event with Wayne Hussey at the end of the day. And Wayne, of course, has written this incredible book. Yeah, and, um Wayne and I share a sort of common history, and that is we were both brought up as Mormons. Uh, okay. Yes. So I was uh, brought up as a, a, a Mormon um, and I'm still kind of trying to unpack that and make sense of that. But you're not my therapist, so we don't need to burden <laughs> you with it. But it's, it's, it's interesting because Wayne, of course, also had that experience. Yeah. Uh, but very quickly decided that was not a path he was interested in pursuing. No. And uh, ditched it and, and went on again. If we're talking about innovators and people who have had a massive impact, well, Wayne Hussey's that, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. And and such a great guy. Um, you know, uh, musically so talented, writing-wise so talented. Fantastic story. He's 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 joining us. He's flying in that afternoon actually to to be with us. It comes at the end of a 50-date solo tour. Um, he, like Edwin, I mean, it's it, you know, talk about top and tailing the festival. He's going to be in conversation with John, Rob, and he's going to be treating our ears to some acoustic numbers as well. And to whet your appetites, those acoustic numbers are not always the the goth-themed uh, <laughs> numbers that you might imagine Wayne might play. So come and be prepared to be liberated in your in your listening. Well, uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that he's going to do a couple of Mormon Tabernacle Choir numbers. <laughs> I can't <laughs> promise you that. I can't promise you that. I can promise you some some different tunes and uh, <laughs> and a really high quality event. I mean, it's a it, it's it's a lovely book. Um, fascinating story. I mean, you, you know, we've ju- we've just uh, leapfrogged to to Wayne Hussey from from polystyrene, and although it's not Mormons, you know, you've got Hare Krishnas and and, and right. this really. I think what's so fascinating, and this is why it's so lovely to have these sorts of conversations uh, that we're having right now, is that you see all different strands of connectivity that aren't there on the surface of just advertising tickets or saying, come to this event. But people's life stories, it doesn't matter whether you're goth or punk or folk or rock. Actually, people have these intertwined experiences that in some way or another have impacted on their performing life. And it's just fascinating to hear it either from themselves or from family members or from biographers or, you know, or to read it in their own autobiographies. It's it's great. I mean, I'm now so excited as a result of this conversation that uh, I wish it was today and not uh, a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. Well, look, Jill, I'm I'm so grateful to you for for giving me so much of your time. Uh, I, I know how busy you are, um, and all I can say to people who are listening is you you really should take a little bit of time uh, and head over to louderthanwordsfest.com. Check out the lineup, check out the yeah. program. If you can get there, get there. It, it promises to be something. I I think it promises to be something quite special, Jill. Well, thank you so much. I mean, we. You, you mentioned the team at the, at the beginning, myself and John and Emily. Um, we have a, our photographer, Mel, from Mudkiss Photography as well. Um, you know, and, and Simon, gosh, I, I always say never me- never mention people in, in lists because you always miss somebody off. But, the, you know, we have a great team. And uh, what I will say about uh, the festival 
is that we have worked not only really hard on getting quality contributors, quality partners, quality support, etc. But perhaps most importantly, we've worked really hard on setting the vibe and people come back year on year and people say they've never been to anything like it and that we just have this vibe of people getting on and being there to have a good time and you know if if you're lost just ask if you want to know something just ask go to a session don't be embarrassed to get involved we you know we're in for a great weekend it's friday night all day saturday saturday evening all day sunday up until about 6 p.m. on 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 the Sunday, we're at the as I say the the principal hotel. We're under one roof. Everything goes ahead regardless. Great facility. It's it's a big gothic building for those who are listening and don't know that uh, that hotel. It's it looks a little bit like the bank in Mary Poppins. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, environment. Real high quality. Um, you know, and and has all the trappings and and uh, and benefits of being in a hotel. You know, everything's wheelchair accessible, everything is well sign well signposted, um, good facilities, bar, restaurant, snacks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just come and join us and have a fab weekend. I guess I should play something in Norwegian.